0: The middle's got his man, and he's gone. Jason Swain, touchdown.
1: It's time for the Swain event with your host, Jason Swain. My man. Real sports talk for the real sports fan. All you chumps are going to bow when I whoop them. It's time for the Swain event, fueled by dead-end barbecue. Give to cool mouth and a red flag. SwainEvent.com, fueled by dead-end barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. Hope everyone is having a fabulous evening. Why wouldn't you be having a fabulous evening? Why wouldn't you? Ben McKee, Jason Swain, Ben McKee, Go Vols 247, Jason Swain here with you. Good evening, Benjamin. Good evening, Jay Swain. How are you? Man, uh, I'm good i'm good i can't complain too much can't complain too much tennessee performing on the big stage last night getting a win tennessee baseball starts their quest for a national championship uh tomorrow a lot of good things going on man so i'm i'm good man makes my job a whole lot easier come in here and talk about a uh, tennessee team getting a win um I've enjoyed watching this this team all season long. But last night, last night was something different, man. This team, this team is special. Um they've had special moments this season. They've had some adversity. That's part of the process. But last night was was different, man. Last night was extremely special having two of your starters out and having new players emerge and you were there. How was the uh how was the atmosphere? It was awesome. Now
2: I, I'm a little blinded by where I sit. Um blinded is the incorrect term technically because we're speaking of noise. Um, but uh I, I'm right on top of the student section, or the student section is right on top of me. So naturally it is it is going to sound very, very loud. It it, it has all season, although I have seen the comments where uh maybe some of those premier season ticket locations uh, have not been as loud and have been late arriving and early to leave uh, since we've rearranged the student sections and whatnot. But uh, it, it was an awesome environment. Maybe it, it, it last night it was loud no matter what. But to, to finish that first point I was making, m- maybe I would think differently uh, of some previous home games had a, had the student section not been right in my ear all game long. Uh, because now that they've put the student section behind the baskets, or at least part of it, I mean, they they are literally right on top of us where the media sits. So uh, it was definitely loud last night, though. There there was no bones about that. I mean, from from start to finish, and and you knew it would be. uh, Tennessee does not like Alabama. The basketball team don't like Alabama. The baseball team doesn't. The Quidditch team, the rugby team, Tennessee does not like Alabama. Tennessee fans do not like Alabama fans and vice versa. So you you knew that last night was going to be a hostile environment. It was just a matter of could the team produce enough to to keep the fans engaged for 40 minutes? And and they certainly did their part. Uh, both sides did their part. The fans did their part. The players and, and the coaching staff did their part. It, it was an excellent environment. And I do think that Alabama was a, a little rattled by the home environment for Tennessee. I I don't think it was the difference in the game, um, but it it was an uncharacteristic night for Alabama in many ways. And I I think part of it was Tennessee's physical style of play. And I think the other thing was uh, the environment. And and that was a little surprising to me. I I didn't think – I knew it was going to be hostile, but I didn't think Alabama – would let it affect them just because they've gone into hostile environments this season and they haven't been phased by it. They, they went on the road to Houston and won there. Uh, they just went into Auburn, uh, a place that hates them just as much as Tennessee, if if not more. And they kind of got punched in the mouth early on, and they didn't flinch. That that environment did not bother them. So I was a little surprised that that I thought it affected them a little bit, but. Man, what a defensive performance from from Tennessee, uh, spearheaded by Jamai Meshack. That that was an all-time performance. I, I think if we made a list of cool stats at the end of the season, his two that he produced last night is going to be at the top of the list and, and maybe number one and number two. The fact that Brandon Miller, who's going to be the national freshman of the year, he scores 15 points, but he only scored four points when Jemai Meshack was in the game and then Jamai plays 27 minutes and doesn't score a single point, but has the highest plus minus on the team with a plus nine. And for those who don't know what a plus minus is in basketball, it's what the team, what your team is outscoring or being outscored by when you're on the floor. So when Jamai Meshack is on the floor, Tennessee won by nine points, they outscored Alabama by nine points. And to me, that's, that's the most, complimenting stat that there is in basketball. And, and obviously it's it's not completely controlled by an individual. Uh, the, the team has something to say about that stat as well. But I I think that's one of the most impressive stats that that you can piece together. It is your plus minus. And, and Jemise was terrific. The best on the team against the number one team in the country, despite scoring a point that that is pretty incredible and, and speaks to his defensive impact.
1: Brian Hustlucker said this um, on Josh and Swain made this point. On Twitter, to us, and uh, he called Meshack's performance and his play defensively like Tony Allen, and I think it's spot on because Tony Allen is not a big time scorer. Uh, he wasn't a big time scorer. I mean, he'll he'll make baskets here and there, but like his his job was to stop the opposing team. And I remember Kobe Bryant was asked about who he hated to go up against, not not necessarily hated to go up against, but what defender gave him the toughest time and you know he mentioned he mentioned Tony Allen and Meshack's performance last night reminded me so much of, of Tony Allen wasn't about scoring the basketball I mean he had zero points the thing about Brandon Miller scoring four points on Meshack like that's not the same as four points two two buckets in a game He had to shoot four shots to get those four points. That's different than someone guarding you and you dropping a shot in their face. Or you take the ball to the basket over that person and you score on that person. Yes, that person fouled you and you can make the case. Oh, well, he can't guard me. He has to foul me to stop me, but. Brandon Miller did not score a basket where Jamai J- Mashak was, like, guarding him. He didn't have a field goal. And he had to work for those 15 points. Averages about 18, 19 points a game. Game did not reach his season average. You look at Sears, and Sears was averaging 14 points per game, Ben. And Sears only had two. That was his lowest, lowest output of the season. And Sears is the second leading scorer on this Alabama team and this Tennessee defense, what they did to Quinley, who is a senior, who is that is experienced as they come. One of the best ball handlers in the league. I mean, this dude has six turnovers. He he has, he had six turnovers, three points, one for five for the field. I mean, this Tennessee defense and I saw what Rick Barnes said that this may be the best he's ever seen the best defense he's ever seen that performance last night so i'm just happy for these players because they have conducted themselves the way you're supposed to they have done everything you're supposed to do when you're when you're on a team the unselfishness the hard work the effort in every game they have done everything you're supposed to do and that's why I feel like I've been so drawn to them. And every time they play, it feels like appointment television. And even through the losses, like it's like, hey, man, it's, it's basketball. It happens. They'll bounce back. They'll learn from it. Uh, it's not a perfect performance. I don't expect these guys to go undefeated. I don't, I don't expect them to be perfect during a long season. But the, you, you knew they always had an opportunity to do something special and be something special at the, at the end. And the analyst, all year long, Ben, was telling college basketball, like, Tennessee's a real contender. Tennessee could could go to the Final Four, their Final Four good. And you, know, you had some naysayers that just got caught up in this offense. And if they're not scoring 80 points and making all the threes and all that, then you, know, you kind of get lost. This defense gives this team to go out and win every night. And offensively, Tennessee wasn't even that great last night, Ben. I mean, you, you shot 36% from yeah. the field, 26% from three, and 64% from the free throw line. But you forced 19 turnovers, 19 turnovers, man. It was it was a thing of beauty. It was art watching Tennessee play defense last night.
2: It was. and And Rick Barnes talked all the time about defense leading to offense and Last night was a clinic mm-hmm. on how defense <laughs> leads to offense. I mean, that was the difference in the game, was the turnovers and Tennessee's points off turnovers. Uh, and I think you and I talked about it last Thursday, how this Tennessee team turns it over probably too much for how many veterans on this basketball team. And last night, they, they were really good about taking care of the basketball uh, against a really, really good Alabama defense. Yeah. An, an Alabama defense that might be better than its offense. Uh, at least some metrics say that uh, everybody talks about the offense first because we're we're fans and that's what fans do. They got Brandon. Uh, talk about the the sexiness and talk about the points first and foremost, but uh, the the metrics um, because of the the simple fact that Alabama is the best rebounding team in the country, literally the best rebounding team in the country. Uh, that they, they have a, a top ten defense. It was sixth in defensive efficiency going into to last night. So the fact that Tennessee was – a they only turned it over eight times when turnovers have been an issue at, at times this season, I, I thought that was huge. And then forcing Alabama into 19 turnovers, as you mentioned, and and scoring 27 points uh, off of them. that That's something that's frustrated me this season is I, I don't feel like they get out and run in transition as much as they should because I think they have the athletes to get out and, and run in transition. And I think transition offense can – can really help uh, a team that struggles with their half court offense. I, I think it can take pressure uh, off of dribbling the ball up the court and and making sure you you run through your set and and potentially having to get to your second or, or third action. Transition offense takes pressure off of that, and I wish that they would do it more. And and they were terrific in transition last night. Uh, so Rick always talks about defensive. Uh, efficiency leading to, to offense, and, and that was the definition of that last night. That 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 could be a coaching clinic for for so many high school coaches and and middle school coaches or whatever uh, is how Tennessee played defense last night it, and checked every single box. Like every facet of the defense was tremendous. Uh, and and like I get why Rick thinks that it, it was possibly the 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 best forty minutes of defense that he's seen because you detailed it. That Alabama offense is, yeah, I mean it, it is lethal, absolutely lethal. Everybody talks about Brandon Miller, but it it's more than just Brandon Miller. Jaden Bradley, the the freshman point guard, he's a problem. Mark Sears has been awesome after transferring from Ohio. They they've got some really talented post players, uh, Clowney and uh, Betty Yako and and Nate Oates said after the game that he could tell that. Uh, Betty Aco's knee was bothering him, and, and that, that was pretty clear. He was questionable going into the game because he hurt his knee against Auburn, and, and that certainly impacted Alabama last night as well. But it, it's not just Brandon Miller. There's a whole lot of dudes. Namari Burnett is a former McDonald's All-American who was at Texas Tech Uh, under Chris Beard he transferred to Alabama last offseason but tore his ACL so had to sit out last year and he's really got his shot going of late hit some threes last night against Tennessee I mean there's like seven eight nine dudes on that roster you have to worry about from an offensive standpoint so for Tennessee to do what it did defensively holding them to a season low 59 points I mean they'd only scored in the 60s four times this season and and not only did Tennessee hold them below 70, but they held them below 60 to a season low 59 points. So just an absolutely incredible uh, defensive effort and as good as you're going to see. And that's why Rick Barnes was so positive. And real quick on the offense, Wayne, I, I kind of was, was OK with the offensive performance last night. Uh, I Yeah, the shooting numbers don't look great, but. 68 points against that Alabama defense, and and again, may, maybe I'm giving it too much credit because a lot of the points came in transition and came off of turnovers, but it's hard to score on that Alabama defense. It, it really is. Uh, they they still, through 13 games, have not allowed an SEC opponent to score 70 points, and Tennessee was right there. Uh, Tennessee was right there, and uh, the, the shooting may be tailored off at times towards the, the end of the game. The guy had a big first half from the three-point line. Um, but they, they made shots when it mattered most, and, and they made shots kind of in, in all areas of the floor. That they, they made threes when they needed to. Uh, they made some big time mid range jumpers. Uh, they were able to get some some baskets there at the at the rim, whether it be Jonas Adu with a tip in or Urosh with an offensive rebound and, and put back. Toabe Awaka had an offensive rebound and a put back. So it wasn't the greatest offensive performance of all time, but. I think you're starting to to see some things that Tennessee can build on, and we've seen these offensive bright spots at times. So we'll we'll see if they can build on it. But you look at the second half against Missouri, and I, I again I, I think 68 points against that Alabama defense. Uh, I, I think that's a, a pretty solid night, uh, and I, I think that those are some building blocks that they can potentially build on moving forward.
1: I mean, I think if you if you as Rick and the players about the first half, I think they would tell you that they could have they could have done a little bit better job making shots. I mean, they had open looks. I mean, we shot less than thirty percent from the first half. And when I know you were at the game, so you didn't get a chance to, to see this or hear this unless you went back and watched it on TV. But Rick was interviewed at halftime and he mentioned how they just they gotta make they gotta make more shots. They haven't made they didn't make shots and I think Tennessee is up by ten or more points. In, at halftime, if if we're making some of those uh, open looks, it'd be one thing if like we didn't have open looks if we we're forcing it and the ball's not going in. But we had some pretty good open looks, uh, pointing to our ball movement uh, and us sharing the basketball, doing a really good job of, of reading the defense. Uh, but we just did we just didn't make shots in the first half, so we shot less than thirty percent in the first half. And then in the second half, I mean, we were we were better, obviously, um, but man. Alabama's defense, you were talking about that, uh, they were six before the game, and somehow they're four now. So they're, they're four, uh, fourth adjusted fitch efficiency defensively there, according to Campom. So fourth, and offensively, they are 16th. So their defense is better than their offense, but their offense gets talked about so much because they're a team that goes to the basket, or they shoot threes, and it's a fun brand of basketball. Uh, but if you're not making shots on the outside, you could be you could be in trouble. And defense um against Alabama, you weren't just gonna draw the ball to the basket against against Adu. That's that's his specialty, It's blocking shots. So uh it, it forced Alabama to have to uh stay on the perimeter and they turned the ball over so much. Just really careless uh passes, guys not on the same page, but I mean it's good for Zakai Ziegler. I felt like in the last two games excuse me he put his team at risk with some of the decisions he made to get himself in foul trouble and he was he was spectacular last night he was he was there for, for his team he's so important he's so valuable to this team and you know last night him being out there playing the most minutes for Tennessee you saw his impact 35 minutes and against Vanderbilt I think he had 24 minutes against Missouri he was in the 20s as well uh, but 35 minutes for, for Tennessee, he was the guy who played the most, him and and, and Santi. Uh, no one else played in the 30s besides those two. So he was the key. It was cool to see Jonas Adu do his thing. He had 12 points. Uh, Uros uh, poured in 10. He did a really good job. Uh, but, man, it was about this team coming together in the face of adversity. Not only did you lose two back-to-back games by, by a buzzer beater, but you had two starters out. And so this this team locked arms, and they play for one another. They played their tails off, and I'm I'm just happy for them, man. They've gotten some unfair criticism, and um, I I know I know I know they feel a certain type of way about it too. You can tell, and uh, I I hope they harness it and and go out there and play for one another and and, and use it for um you know positive. So, man, unbelievable game. Uh, I see Bama fans. Making excuses and complaining the same way they were doing after the football game. I, I was getting the text messages before the
2: game even ended about Jeremy Pruitt dropping off the bag to the referees. I, I, my, my response was... Jeremy Pruitt? Oh, that they, they were referencing the
1: McDonald's bag. Uh, remember? That's what your friend said? Yeah. About the basketball game? Well, they, they
2: were making the joke about Pruitt dropping off the money to the recruits in the McDonald's bag and said that Pruitt must have dropped off a bag for the referees as well, which that I guess that doesn't make sense because at this point, Pruitt would would be for Alabama beating Tennessee, but yeah. the joke was that he was paying it off for Tennessee. But people associate that with Tennessee and instead of just Pruitt, unfortunately, for Tennessee. So I guess that was the – the butt of the joke, but i i I reminded him that uh it's the referees when Tennessee beats Alabama in football and, and now it's the the referees when Tennessee beats Alabama in basketball with with the yawning emoji and and he was picking up what I was putting down and got a kick out of that
1: man Pruitt is a bammer through and through I literally mean, through and through and <laughs> they trying to get him back on the staff like he's a he's a bammer he's a gump. He's a, he he was They're running salty. for Alabama last night. They're salty. Believe. Is, is the main takeaway is that they are salty. Very salty. Like, just like football, you had, you had 17 penalties in football. <laughs> you had holding calls on kickoff return. You had a player that decided to touch the ball on a punt. You had PIs and holding and, and all kinds of penalties, 15 yard penalties. We're blaming the referees for, for obvious holding and muff punts. That's what we're doing. And in basketball, you had 19 turnovers. The referees have nothing to do with turnovers in basketball. 19 turnovers. You gave Tennessee 11 extra possessions. Tennessee only had eight. 11 extra possessions. Let's say you're scoring half of those. That's 10 freaking points. <sighs> Salty boy. I saw one <laughs> Bama fan. She was reaching so hard. The celebration oh, by the Tennessee players was making fun of John Mechie. Illness? Really? Really? I mean, my gosh, it was it was it was kind of sad to watch the reaction and the meltdown from some Alabama fans. The things that they will point to and go to just because their team got locked up. So happened? The team got locked up. Nineteen turnovers. Got locked up. Second, your second leading scorer had two points. Why is that the rest fault? I don't know. He was shook too. He was shook. <laughs> he, he was shook. Ben, he, <laughs> he his lowest output for the season before Wednesday night. He scored like three points in a game. That was that was a while ago. It was Vanderbilt. He had to do nothing against Vanderbilt. He was chilling. And, this, and that, it's, that's not the beatdown. Beatdown. That's the game when they won. By twelve, but he had three points in that game. Uh, he had four points against Mississippi State. He had five points against Gonzaga, early in the season when they lost. But before Tennessee, he had fifteen against Auburn, nineteen he was against Florida. The reason Florida. they
2: beat Auburn, huh? He was the reason they beat Auburn. Oh
1: yeah, he had fifteen against Auburn, nineteen against Florida, thirteen versus LSU, and the one-on-one to forty-four win against Vanderbilt. He had to do anything. He he only shot the ball four times. And he had nine points on four shots. Everybody was getting some. I mean, he had 26 earlier in the season last month, actually, against against Arkansas. Like, dude gets buckets. He's the second leading scorer for a reason. He gets buckets. He had two last night. Two on six shots. Two. Three turnovers. More turnovers than points. He was shook. He was shook. It was it was Tennessee's defense. It was that crowd, and they brought out those uniforms again, looking sweet, looking clean, clean, clean. so fresh and so clean, clean. Man, what a game! What a game! All right, uh, Ben. This baseball season starts tomorrow, man. What what is going to be potentially better with this team? What is something? <laughs> hold on, we're gonna take a break. I need you to answer these questions when we come back from break. What's gonna I be know better? You're
2: asking me what's better about a team that some consider the greatest of all time.
1: Um, they didn't go to the World Series.
2: I, I, yes, I. I know, I know, I, know. That. I know, But from a scouting, like scouts, looked at that Tennessee baseball team and and saw the talent and and thought it was up there with where one of the most teams of all time.
1: Where may? Like, they uh, may be better. It's just funny. Where? Where? What area could they be better? What area will they definitely not be better, in your opinion? I mean, I, I want to ask you that when we come back uh, from break. 865 255 is a telephone number here. Uh, give us a call. We'll throw you right on in here. Any questions or comments? Ben McKee, Jason Swain, Ben McKee, Go Vols 247. Stay with us. We will be Right back. Guys, if you notice a lack of energy, motivation, and drive, it could be low-T. You know, you need to stop playing around and schedule your complete health assessment at Low T Center. They now offer the convenience of monitored, self inject at home testosterone treatments for just $155 a month, cash pay, or covered by most health insurance. If you don't live near a Low T Center or you just want the convenience of at home treatment, all good. Low T Center makes it easy to get started on treatment. Only your first two visits are in person. Go to lowtcenter.com now to book your appointment online. Low T Center reinventing men's healthcare.
3: Hey there, Swain Event fam. Happy to be back with you on the weekly show. And although our Swain Event schedule has changed, I'm still here on a daily basis to help you with your real estate needs. So if you are still looking for your forever home, give me a call. Jennifer Morris with Keller Williams Realty, 865-257-7897 or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. And go Vols! You're listening to the Swain Event. You don't say. Fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Yeah.
1: Tennessee baseball is the betting favorite. Ben McGee to win the World Series. The betting favorite. Win the World Series and it starts tomorrow. Undefeated season Ben, starts tomorrow. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, maybe. Uh, no, Ten- Tennessee's going to be tested right out of the gate. Very interested to see how they perform this weekend. They they should be they should win on Sunday. Uh, it, it would be very disappointing if they if they don't win on Sunday. Quite frankly, uh, against a UC. San Diego baseball program that just does not even come close to having the same amount of talent as Tennessee. But game one and and game two will be very intriguing. Tennessee plays Arizona tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, It'll be on the MLB network. If your cable provider is having a dispute with the MLB network, like myself with YouTube TV, then it, it will be streamed on mlb.com. I I don't know if it'll just magically pop up or what, but I would just encourage you to pay attention to to the Tennessee baseball Twitter feed or Facebook or or social media feed. Um I'll I'll share it at some point from from my Twitter uh as well. And same goes for Saturday night when they played Grand Canyon at 8 p.m eastern as as well. That'll be on the MLB network, but if if you're not able to get that because you're Cable providers disputing with the MLB Network. It'll be broadcasted and streamed online as well. But they'll be tested right out of out of the gate. Uh, Arizona, very good baseball program, uh, and and the guy that's going to be pitching for them uh, tomorrow night, TJ Nichols, is a righty. He he's going to be a handful for Tennessee's new look lineup to to deal with. So they'll be tested right out of the gate. And Grand Canyon, not not a program many are going to be familiar with. Uh, but it is a very sneaky, 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 good baseball program they They have had tremendous success uh in the in the last couple of seasons, and they have one of the best uh prospects in all of baseball uh, in their shortstop Jacob Wilson, who might be a top ten top fifteen pick uh, they went forty one and twenty one last year and it, it's a neutral site tournament. But that game is going to be played at Grand Canyon. So that will be a a road game. Not that it'll be a hostile environment from a fan perspective, but uh, still not too familiar with the surroundings and and how the ballpark plays. So very interested to see how they perform this weekend. They'll they'll be tested right out of the gate against Arizona and Grand Canyon.
1: Is there area with this baseball team that that they have a chance to be better in than, than last year's team?
2: Yeah, the, the, the pitching staff has the potential to to be better uh, and, and and not that it needs to be better. I mean, it was <laughs> the best pitching staff in the country last year from from top to bottom. But uh, I do think that they're going to be deeper uh, from from top to bottom. Uh, you, you have the same starting rotation minus Blade Tidwell, uh, Chase Dolander. He's going to start. Tomorrow night against Arizona. And then Chase Burns will start on Saturday night against Grand Canyon. And then Drew Beam will start on Sunday against UC San Diego. So uh, th- those three, they make up the best starting rotation in all of college baseball. And Chase Dolander might be the number one overall pick here in a couple of months. Uh, people are already talking about Chase Burns potentially being the the number one overall pick in next year's draft when he is eligible. Drew Bean could be a first-round pick one day as well. So that starting rotation is is going to be absolutely filthy. But I, I do think that they they have the potential to rely on more arms in the bullpen. And they had plenty of arms last year, not not trying to discredit last year's team. I'm, I'm more so just speaking to the potential that, that this pitching staff has. Because you return Camden Sewell, and he is going to be probably the guy that Tony Vitello trusts most out of the bullpen, kind of be the Swiss Army knife, could Could start a game if you need him to, mm-hmm. could come in and and work three, four, five innings in long relief, could come in in the seventh, eighth, or ninth inning and, and get you out of a jam, could Could close a game by pitching the last two innings. Uh, so you've got Camden Sulbeck, and and obviously he's really, really good and will have a tremendous season if he can stay healthy. But you've got some familiar faces in, in Kirby Connell, uh, Xander Seacrest, he, he looks like he's going to – take a step up in a, in a role this year. It was kind of only the midweek guy last year, but Tony Vitello talked earlier this week about him growing into uh, a larger role this season. Wyatt Evans is one to to keep an eye on. Uh, he's a sophomore. Uh, pitched here and there last year as a, a true freshman, but he's a big old lefty that throws really hard and, and has a nice breaking ball. Uh, I don't know that he's going to be 100% ready to go this weekend. I, I don't know that we'll see him at all this weekend. He, he's kind of been dealing with a sore arm, and I think they're taking it slow with him right now. So don't know how much we'll see of White Evans this weekend, but he, he is certainly going to factor in to the bullpen. And the three that I'm most excited about is Seth Halverson, who came from Missouri mm-hmm. last offseason, uh, was Missouri's Friday night starter, has big league stuff. Yeah. He He's going to get drafted. He's already been drafted multiple times. Uh, he's going to get drafted again uh, because his stuff is that good. And if he can stay healthy, he has the the ability to be one of the best pitchers in the entire country, not just the SEC. Uh, and apparently he's looked good the last couple of weeks. So Halverson's going to be a big name out of the bullpen. Uh, and then Andrew Lindsey, he took last year off from baseball uh, after stepping away from Charlotte uh, for some personal stuff in his life, uh, decided he wanted to play baseball again. And uh, Tony Vitello has hyped him up and just about every interview he's done the last month or two has, has talked about him potentially being the closer and how great his stuff has looked. And, and then Zach Joyce, the twin brother of Ben Joyce, not going to throw as hard as Ben obviously, uh, but still throws hard and is a more complete pitcher. I would say uh, not that Ben Joyce was not a pitcher. I, I think he was a, a better pitcher than most people wanted to give him credit for and just wanted to say he was a thrower, uh, but Ben Joyce can pitch. and And that's why he's, probably going to start out in double-A AA or triple-A this year with, with the Angels organization, uh, but Zach is more of a a pitcher. He, he's not going to come in the game throwing 103, 102. He'll, he'll throw 97-ish, upper 90s, but uh, he's more of a complete pitcher. So they they have so many arms out there, and, and they have freshman swing that have a, a ton of potential that when Tony first got here or even two or three years ago, like they would be pitching in key roles as, as true freshmen yeah. – a, because Tennessee needed them to, but B, they were that talented as well. But they, they may not get any this year outside of midweek games.
1: That's that's what happens when you have a lot of talent and you have a lot of depth. So they get in where you fit in. I know a lot of people are, are fired up about the start of Tennessee baseball season. I know uh, I'm looking forward to the home games and uh, hitting those up. And it's just, it's just been a fun time as a Tennessee sports fan. It really, it really has been, man. Uh, football lost two games. Uh, basketball, they've lost what, six games, and twenty and six. Football eleven and two. Baseball's gonna win a whole lot of games and not lose a lot. So, man, it's 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 gonna be fun. It has been fun covering these these teams as of late. So there you go, Ben. It took a while for you, but finally, your chance to cover some teams that are winning.
2: Oh, to cover some teams that are winning. Yeah, now, now I don't know what to do with myself. Going from the, the football team to the, this basketball team that has – this basketball team also has the potential to win a national championship or, sure. or make the final four. I'm, I'm not going to pick them to do so because I don't trust the offense to be consistent enough. Uh, but they have the potential. They have the pieces. Uh, and and if they can click, they can certainly make a deep run. And to go from Orange Bowl, eleven and two, beating Alabama, Florida, LSU, Clemson, and and so many others, to to this basketball team that has the potential to make a deep run in March, and uh, to to this Tennessee baseball team that has the potential to to win the national championship, has the talent and the I think the experience on the mound to to go win a national championship. Uh, it, it's just incredible because when I first started covering games as a student journalist, that was 2018 Pruitt's first year Mm -hmm. Pruitt's Pruitt's first year and second year was when I started covering football games, full-time basketball. I started a year ahead of that. Uh, I started covering basketball games the year that Tennessee kind of broke out uh, and, and lost to Loyola Chicago. So uh, I saw a little bit of success there, and then, and then obviously I was covering Dave Serrano as a student. So the I, it, it just baffles me the the amount of media coverage uh, that that Tennessee gets, Tennessee baseball gets these days, and, now, and I absolutely, yeah. I I love to see it just because I, I was there when absolutely nobody was at the games, and and absolutely nobody cared, and to see so many people care as much about Tennessee baseball as they do about Tennessee basketball and just fall in love with Tony Vitello in this program. It's it's been really cool.
1: Can this team, this basketball team, be like the 2017, 2018 Virginia Cavaliers? I hope so. Because I asked that question. That team was really good defensively. I mean, you had Hunter. NBA player today, very versatile, athletic, four. Um, They had some pro players, but, man, that offense, ugh. (laughs) Ugh. That offense was was
2: worse than this Tennessee offense. uh,
1: Absolutely. They averaged, like, 57 points per game, somewhere around there. Um, They lost seven games that year. They lost... Five of those games in conference, they're 23-7. and seven. And in the tournament, they beat a team that had the most potent offense, it seemed like, in the country, and certainly the most fun offense to watch in the SEC, that, that Auburn team. So is this the year where we, we could see another Virginia pop up? Because obviously Tennessee's defense is that is Virginia-level good but is it a year where a team that don't have the offense to match their defense or even were close to it make a deep run and have a chance to win championship i don't know i'm just i'm just kind of talking out loud because i just start thinking about the uh, that virginia team that was so good defensively and they were so boring offensively um, and man they would have teams in the 40s and 50s In the second half. So, I don't know, man. Time will tell. Time will tell. There's a whole lot of basketball to be played. There's a lot of uh, developing that needs to take place individually and as a team. And I don't think Tennessee is peaking right now. And I don't think Tennessee. I I like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No doubt. I don't want to peak right now. I want to peak here another uh, two or three weeks. So.
2: But the the thing that makes you nervous, though, and my point to, to what you just brought up, is so much luck goes into the tournament as well. Absolutely. I don't think people, people realize just how much luck is absolutely. involved. I mean, it, it it really is. It's it's absolutely so hard to, to make a deep run in March. And and what I was going to say, Swain, is you and I both agree that it's a good thing that they're not clicking or, or peaking yet right now. Last year, you couldn't have timed it up any better. Yeah. Tennessee was playing its absolute best basketball right going into the NCAA tournament, and they they missed – shots for the last eight minutes of that game against Michigan that it had just made the the last month and a half to two months I mean wide open shots on the perimeter Kennedy was getting to the to the rim and just not able to convert Santiago, Zakai, Josiah they were missing wide open threes and and mid-range jumpers shots that they had just drained the last month and a half to go win the SEC tournament and then they just didn't have it in in the second half in in that game uh, against Michigan so that, that's it's weird. <laughs> yes, w- you want your, your team peaking going into the NCAA tournament, but Tennessee was literally peaking and playing his best basketball going into the NCAA tournament last year. And they just had an off afternoon, and the season's over.
1: Yep. Yep. I mean, there, was, there were several teams that were peaking at the right time, but you can still run into a team and one that's a better, bad matchup for you or. You just have a bad day shooting the ball, and both cases you going home, going home early. But man, last night was fun. Last night was fun. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm I'm just happy for these guys. Man, Santi uh, had a rough go of it at the free throw line Vanderbilt and Mizzou game, but man, he was four for five at the end uh, of the game against Alabama, and just just happy for him. Man, I know Josiah and George James wanted wanted to go, but they need to be smart. They need to be smart. Need them in 3 weeks, 4 weeks and right now. And so you don't want a lingering ankle injury and then a hip flexor. I mean, you can't play around with those things. So you got to let that you got to let that heal. That that impacts all of your explosiveness and you just can't run, you can't defend. You are worthless with bad hips. So look,
2: I I saw Julian earlier this week in practice. I guess I watched I watched Monday's practice and Julian was barely moving around. He, he was right at the the arc line and working on his form, just standing there, not, not even moving. Just Garrett Medinwall, the strength coach was sitting there catching the ball when it would go through and giving it back to him and just sitting there working on his, on his form. Honestly, I was surprised that Josiah did not play. Obviously I only got to see an hour, hour and a half, and that was on Monday. So uh, not not quite sure, but I mean, he was moving around fairly well. I mean, he wasn't moving super fast and and, and cutting on it like he would in a basketball game, but um, they, they were kind of feeding him the basketball and coming off of pretend curls, pretend screens and stopping on a dime and, and rising up for, for a jump shot. And, and again, he wasn't moving around super fast, but he didn't have a noticeable limp. So I, I was a little surprised that Josiah didn't play, but uh, if you're not 100% ready to play, like you just said, Swain, no no need to. As nice as it was to beat Alabama, losing to Alabama would not have made a difference because who would have thought this time last year that North Carolina or Kansas was going to play in the national championship game? Like, It's nice to to, to beat your rivals, no doubt about that. But at the end of the day, what you do in March is is going to erase what you did in the regular season, good or bad.
1: I agree. I agree, my friend. 865-255-03 is our telephone number. Swain Event Hotline. Live here from the Lubbock T Center Studio. We'll take a quick time out and I'll be back after this.
3: Still sitting on the sidelines trying to figure out how to buy and sell in this complicated market? I get it, and I understand why you're hesitant. That's where I come in. Call me, Jennifer Morris, with Keller Williams Realty at 865-257-7897 or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. I'm happy to help answer any questions you have, and whether you're ready to rock in two weeks or two years, I'll be here. Look forward to hearing from you soon, and go Vols!
1: Fellas! Do you need an annual health exam? I recommend going to Low T Center to get your complete health assessment. They will check all of your levels, not just your T-level. In most cases, it's completely covered by your health insurance. And if you don't have insurance, it's less than $100 for a full lab panel and office visit with the medical provider to give you a complete health assessment. Low T Center specializes in men's health making it quick and easy, even verifying your insurance. Go to LowTeeCenter.com now to book your online appointment. Lowt Center, reinventing men's health care.
0: Top 100 barbecue restaurant, Dead End Barbecue, is a no-brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of quality Q. Dead End makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering from Chow Now for Pickup, or if you don't feel like leaving the house, then have Dead End Barbecue delivered right to your door by Loco Knoxville or Bite Squad. Cheer on your favorite team with the best barbecue around. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. The conversation doesn't stop when the show is over. Follow The Swain Event on Twitter and like this show on Facebook.
1: 865 25503 is the telephone number the Swain Event Hotline. Swain Event Fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. Right now, Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. Awesome promotion going on for you. It's time to make some big-time upgrades in your house. And because of this pretty big-time promotion, it should help you Make that decision a whole lot easier. This is what I mean. Right now, when you upgrade to a new whole home generator or uh, a new select HVAC system, Hill is going to allow you to pick between a couple different prizes 55 inch TV, Apple iPad, Solo Stove, or Nintendo Switch. So, HVAC system or a whole home generator, you can pick between those four. Items now, when you upgrade to a new tankless water heater, Hiller's going to allow you to choose between a Nintendo Switch, Solo Stove, or a 55-inch TV. Again, that, that's free; that comes with your purchase. So, when you're looking to to upgrade some things around your home, this is the time to do it for sure. The weather is as good as it could be in winter time right now. It's a really, really good time. So, Hiller's work is always backed by their service. Uh, Happy you'll be your service is free guarantee. So if you're not happy, man, they will take care of it for you. Really cool uh, online booking. It's convenient. Go to their website. You can select the appointment time and that works for you. Then you get instant confirmation. They come right to your house. The the process is really easy. So go to their website, happyhealer.com. Text box ball fan says they seem to play up and down to opponents. Things that we say about this team are things you can say about a lot of teams. Actually a lot of the final four contenders. I can give you plenty of examples and I'm not trying to go, well, I'm not trying to go, well, what about this other team? I'm not trying to say that we don't do that, but I am saying let's not act like, Tennessee is the only team that's losing to teams that are not as good as them or losing to teams that are unranked because this year we have seen so many number one teams fall. We've seen so many top 15 teams fall. We've seen so many really good teams lose to inferior teams. We've seen Purdue lose. We've seen Houston lose to teams without a number next to their name or uh, teams that probably not going to the tournament. It's basketball. It's basketball. And we're getting ready to see some Tennessee baseball. And I remember last year when Tennessee lost to Tennessee Tech in the wooden bat game, middle of the week, and I ain't seen any outrage. I ain't seen it. I saw people going, well, I mean, it's baseball. It's baseball. <laughs> but, you know, Tennessee loses to to, to Vanderbilt, oh, it's, it's it's a different type of energy. There's some parallels to football, excuse me, baseball and basketball. There's some parallels. Like, football is different. I ain't know way hell you should be losing to Akron, okay? You're recruiting four or five-star players. It's 11 on 11. You're bigger. You're stronger. It's not so much a game of skill like basketball and baseball. It's not. You got no business losing to Akron. No business losing to Ball State. But in basketball and in baseball, uh, you can lose on any given night.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, this Saturday, like, Tennessee is more than capable of losing to Grand Canyon, and it would not be a bad loss whatsoever. Grand yeah, like- Canyon is a good baseball program and a good team and has one of the best players in the country, it would be a frustrating loss. Tennessee has more talent, but that that's a good baseball program. That would not be a bad loss unless they just acted like they didn't care and got blown out.
1: This basketball team, yeah, they've played down to some competition. They've, they've not played well against teams that have as much talent, more talent than them. I mean, that, that, that game against Kentucky at home, that was just weird. That was just weird. There's no explanation for that. That was just, that was just, it was unacceptable. And I was pissed off about it, but it was just weird. The man, it's, it's hard to be the same every single day as an individual. We're talking about a team. Every single day, every single game. You take you take Georgia football that didn't lose a game this past year. They didn't win every single game the same way. They had off days. They still won. But that game against Mizzou, they played down the competition. They, they still won, and though. But it happens. They, they should have lost to Ohio State. It, it, but, it, but yeah, it happens, though. Like some, it's sports. It's sports, man. It 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 happens. What you Tennessee don't want was Tennessee was not to supposed it. to beat
2: Alabama last night.
1: Well, Vegas said yeah, but I don't know what Vegas was looking at. But I guess that's why they Vegas and they and they're uh, right. I
2: I don't. Do you consider? Here's a question. Do you consider last night an upset for Tennessee? Yeah. Do you think Tennessee upset Alabama?
1: I do because yeah.
2: I, I I go by the poll. Yeah, Tennessee Tennessee upset Alabama. Yeah, but I see I've been getting comments in my mentions that oh Tennessee didn't upset. Alabama because they they were the betting favorite, and that like I I I don't think anybody's ridiculous for thinking that way whatsoever. But I I just go by the the AP poll. If if the team is is ranked higher, if if Tennessee had been number one and Alabama was number ten, then and Alabama had won. To me, that's an upset. If 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 the team that is not ranked as high beats the team that's ranked higher, that's an upset to me. And I I know Vegas was. Was spot on last night, but I didn't see one person picking Tennessee to beat Alabama last night. I didn't. I I didn't. I was not feeling good about the game last night. Me neither. Um,
1: especially, especially without at- without Jordan James and Julian Phillips. But he, like I'll say this though about the whole betting favorite and poll and um, upset conversation. How about this? If you're someone that looked at the Alabama-Tennessee game last night and you don't think it's an upset for Tennessee, cool. Cool, like that's that's fine. Cool, like I'm not going to try to correct you, but if I want to look at the game and say Tennessee upset Alabama, then you leave me the hell alone. (laughs) <laughs> and let me think what I want to think, okay? Like, like I just feel like I'm—I leave you alone, you leave me alone. Like we—we we can both feel the way we want to feel about this. Vegas Nobody's wrong. Vegas said Tennessee was a favorite, but the polls said that Alabama was the number one team in the country, and so we can both be right. <laughs> but don't be. And everybody was picking Alabama. Nobody was picking Tennessee. Yeah. So.
2: I don't care that Tennessee was the the betting favorite. I, I would love to know how Vegas knew that was going to happen. And uh, another one is is Ken Palm. He, I mean, he predicted Tennessee to score seventy one points, and and they scored sixty eight. So <laughs> how how close he often gets to to predicting things right is is pretty crazy. Now he did have Alabama scoring sixty nine points, nice, and Alabama only scored fifty eight, but still. Uh, I I was I was surprised that a he predicted a Tennessee win and B I was surprised that he predicted Tennessee and he didn't literally sit down and predict it it's his formula that he's come up with that predicts the outcome of the game but I was surprised that it had Tennessee scoring 71 points uh, against that Alabama defense that we talked about earlier
1: yep it's basketball man you play down sometimes to your opponent your sports, opponent. man, yeah. especially in,
2: in yeah. college. It, yeah. it's These kids, and some of them are kids, and some of them are also young adults, obviously, and, and grown men. Uh, the 17 and 18-year-olds, I, I still somewhat consider them a kid, um, but that age range of 17 to, what was Stetson Bennett, 27, something mm, like that? 25. Like 25. 17 to 23-ish. Nobody on the when it does anything consistent at that age. When, when you're in college, it, it is so hard to be consistent. Uh, professional athletes struggle to be consistent at times. But college athletes, because of their age and, and the, the stage in life in, in which they're in, it's so hard to get them to be consistent doing things. So to, to have them show up with the same intensity every single game and, and replicate what they do from from one game to the next is an impossible task. I mean, it it, it just is, and, and that's why you see s- so many weird results. I mean, who had Purdue losing to to Northwestern, and, and then mm-hmm. Northwestern also turning around and and beating Indiana last night? I mean, nobody saw that coming. Nope. It it's just sports. It's just sports. I I think the greatest example, and this also speaks to to Rick Barnes and and March conversation, is. Mike Bianco was about to get fired last year at Ole yep. Miss, the baseball coach. Yep. It, Ole Miss Baseball was literally the last team in the NCAA tournament, and it was widely known that they were about to part ways. They barely get in the NCAA tournament, and they just caught fire, caught absolute fire, happened to play his best baseball. Uh, of the season had had the luck factor on its side and went on to win a national championship and and now he's going to be there until he decides to retire after he was about to get fired and and he's going to have a statue and streets named after him and sports are weird and that's why we love it
1: yep yep uh tennessee tennessee football pittsburgh played down the competition florida played down the competition south carolina played down the competition that's three, that's three games right there out of 13. And it happens. Like it, it happens. If you take Tennessee football team and you go play 26 games like Tennessee basketball, there's going to be probably more games where you look and go, oh man, they played down the competition a little bit. That game or that half or that quarter, but as long as you find a way to win at the end, it's all that matters in football. And basketball, you lose, obviously you don't want to lose, but it ain't the end all be all. Like it's 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 all right. It's all right as long as it's not the last game. And here's the the brutal truth. Everybody is going to lose except for one team. <laughs> like it ain't football where here's this ball game. Make you feel good about yourself at the end of the season. you tax slayer bowl champions, you music city bowl champion. Half of the teams who are bowl eligible, they feel like champions because they, they won their last game. But if it was like basketball, no. Everybody crying except for one team. And that team crying because they won. It's just different, man. Your season's ending on an L in basketball. <laughs> it is ending with an L. Football? I man, You can be Orange Bowl champions. You can be Rose Bowl champions you can finish your season with the win and feel good it's just different it's different love both sports love both sports but looking forward to baseball though ben Ooh boy
2: you know i am this is right up my alley obviously love football and sec football tennessee football but baseball is my my favorite pure sport just strictly speaking about the the sport itself this it's what I played growing up that, that's how you feel about basketball
1: yeah uh, sure. uh, so th-
2: th- this time this time of year is, is is my second favorite time of the year sports wise first is obviously the the start of football season and, and the end of baseball season uh, world series wise and, and major league baseball playoff time but th- this time of year when College basketball is is at its best and, and creeping towards March, and uh, now now that Tennessee baseball has gotten so good, uh, the the race to to join the SEC baseball has been really fun as well. So you know you know I'm in my lane the, these next couple of months. This is right up my alley. I'm with you,
1: man. I'm with you. MLB Network it is. Check out these Tennessee Volunteers, 2023 Tennessee Volunteers.
2: Let's go. Year six for Tony Bittell. that That's pretty crazy. It's going to be a fun weekend. It's going to be a – should be a fun weekend for, for baseball. Should be two competitive games on, on Friday and, and Saturday. And, and then, obviously, a, a big trip to Lexington – Saturday afternoon, Tennessee wanting some payback. And
1: how you like that? How you like that matchup? How you feel about that? One? I
2: I don't know how to feel honestly.
1: Uh, I I
2: if, if Tennessee shows up with the right mentality, they'll win. I obviously think Tennessee's a better basketball team, but Kentucky is going to be absolutely desperate to to beat Tennessee because it has to beat Tennessee because it doesn't have many other opportunities to add to its resume, it has to beat Tennessee if it's any hope of of getting in the NCAA tournament. So they're going to be desperate. You know you're not going to get a friendly whistle, and Rupp Arena is going to be a hostile environment. So Tennessee's the better basketball team, but it it does have several factors going against it. But if if it shows up with the right mentality, I I think they'll win and potentially win by double digits. I I don't care if it's in Rupp Arena or Thompson Bowling. My opinion on, on the loss was that, they read all the press clippings going into the game about how Kentucky sucked because, remember, Kentucky was drowning mm-hmm. in, in December and beginning of January, and I think Tennessee's players saw that on social media. They jump out to that 8 nothing lead, and then they took their foot off the gas. Mm-hmm. And Kentucky was able to go on a little bit of run and create some momentum. So I think as long as Tennessee keeps its foot on the gas, I, I think they'll be fine.
1: Four-point win predicted by Ken Palm. Uh, I did hear – about CJ Frederick may or may not go. Uh, that's important in the first matchup. Ben he had 13 points. He was uh, three for nine, three out of nine from three point uh, range. He did, a, he did a really good job making shots on the outside. So if he's not able to go, which he hasn't been able to, him and S- Severe Willer, um, even though Severe Wheeler hasn't made the impact this year like he did last year, that may that may that may hurt Kentucky but they are desperate, but Tennessee desperate too. You cannot, you cannot let this Kentucky team sweep you. You can't, you can't let it happen. And this Tennessee basketball team, y'all owe Chris Lofton. I know everybody happy about last night. You should be happy. That was great. Thank you for beating them Bammers. That was, that was, that was just beautiful for me. But you gotta, you gotta pay back Chris Lofton for that performance at home on his day. You gotta handle business. As simple as that. I think Tennessee will. All right, Ben. Baseball starts tomorrow. Make sure to follow Ben McKee for all things Tennessee baseball at Ben McKee 14 is where you can find him. Also, you can find him at GoVols247. Big thanks to everyone joining us this evening. If you're listening on the podcast, we appreciate you as well. For Ben McKee of GoVols247, I'm Jason Swain. Hope you all have a great, great evening. Peace and love.